Hello and welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the 23rd installment of the Historical Humans Podcast. My name is Justin Woods and I'm joined today by my fellow co-host Aaron Gilpin and Cullum Coleman. And today we are venturing to the Caribbean. We're going on a little bit of a vacation. We're going to try a new business adventure, <laughs> right? What could possibly go wrong in this beautiful uh. paradise? Yes, uh, it is a quite a lovely place we've chosen to go to. So we're going to the Isle of Despair. Um, no, no, no. You, you see advertising name. Very, very <laughs> aptly named. Uh, it is. Uh, it is in fact Tobago. Um, it is a very beautiful place. Um, uh, in the modern day, but uh, during the good old-fashioned colonial times from the fifteenth to basically 19th centuries uh it was hell on earth <laughs> for uh, so, at least, it, at least so for many. the uh europeans yeah, yeah yeah it was hell on earth post-europeans <laughs> yeah. well i'm pretty sure the people living on the island weren't too happy about it either uh so uh little thing about this island it's currently a part of the nation of trinidad and tobago it's uh one half of that lovely little partnership. And it was first sighted by Europeans in 1498 on Columbus's third voyage because two times just weren't enough. We keep letting this man come back. Yeah, it's a real menace. Yeah. Like, he broke into your house, realized that you had a lot of money, and then looked at the neighborhood and went, you know, I bet these other houses also have a good bit of money. Yeah. And then he destroys the property value, buys it all up, and Burns then down the house. <laughs> yes, everything goes crazy. So, um, this little island is about 116 square miles, uh, located just uh, just north of South America. So it's this lovely little uh, key position at the time for dealing with uh, the Spanish Main. It's a love lovely little strategic position. Uh, and uh, it was, it was, sorry, it was colonized uh, over 30 times. Almost all the colonies fail. <laughs> and in that we love time, to see it, guys. Uh, yes, except this is where European, European perseverance really gets taken to the next level. Because not only was it attempted to be colonized over 30 times... This place changed hands between 31 and 33 times in total. So it was basically like, this is mine now. And then you yeah. guys are like, no, this is mine. And then we fight that's... about it. The island burns down and we move on. Yeah, I mean, that's... like, also, there's some really interesting names for, like, that, like nation-wise that tried to colonize them. I mean, like, you got the Spanish and the French, but you, and, I mean, the Dutch... But the Swedes and Latvians? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is uh, it's very fun. They become, uh, It is <laughs> 31 to 33 is the conservative estimate for the number of uh, times people tried to get on this island. Conservative? Yes, yeah, the conservative. So that's like the confirmed individual colony count <laughs> oh, Jesus. that we have going on here on, uh, on Tobago. But yeah, it... It basically becomes the revolving door of Europe, and uh, everyone who goes there dies. 
which I, good for the natives. Uh, also, a, not a, really, a, really not. <laughs> another thing to point out too is it was cited in 1498, and there wasn't a permanent European settlement until the 18th century. So yeah, you're talking it, 400 years of just fuckery. 300 uh, years. I just assumed the natives were the ones destroying it, but then again. Well, no, the natives do destroy a good number of them, uh, but you live on a 116-square-mile uh, island, and you are constantly at war with every nation of Europe. <laughs> I forget about that. That, forget um, that's not a good time. Natives are not ha are not happy with this. They're not having a good time. They're winning. They're winning, and they win more than anyone else in history. But it is not a good time. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I forget, like, uh, forget a lot about the wars. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, things go, uh, things go pretty sideways, uh, for a lot of this, uh, the uh, island is originally called, uh, Madalena, but the English decide, no. <laughs> Tabago! It's the yeah. island of despair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They decide to rebrand it, uh, at one point, just because they decide, um, you know something, this uh, this harmless substance called tobacco is making them a ton of money out in Virginia, and uh, we should rename the island so we can put more plantations on it. Uh, Colm, are you sponsored by uh, Marlboro? <laughs> For that ridiculous. statement? No, I'm ridiculous. I'm here with Camel. Mm. <laughs> oh, no! I'm a, I'm a lucky sharks guy myself. Even, we, it, even, for the record, uh, we as worse. a podcast at Historical Humans do not condone smoking nor not, big tobacco. We do not condone the consumption of any uh, any addictive substance whatsoever. Unless you pay us. You can pay Justin. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, I'll sell out. Everyone else could make uh, anyway. Coke on anyway, we are being we are having some fun with we are having some fun with the history Coca of the world and yeah, really how tobacco was viewed at that time as pretty harmless. Yeah, viewed as it's, harmless, but then it was also one of the biggest cash crops because you could make so much money in it. Yeah, is it is it second only to cotton? And uh, I think I think um, this actually precedes it, the it, importance it, it of the was, cotton. It, it was okay. it did, it did better than cotton. Uh, tobacco. Uh, it's a con the tobacco doesn't take off, but cotton kind of does, and uh, it's a it's a major drop for the the tobacco economy, going from tobacco to cotton. Wow! Ooh. And then the cotton industry collapses. <laughs> Hate when that happens. It uh, it all it all goes sideways, but that's way ahead of us. That's when there's actually sustained presence on the island. Let's go. Let's start going through all the ways things go horribly, horribly wrong for people first. So. Um, let's see where to start with. Um, I would say I'd say settlement. Yeah. All right. So I'd say well, that would colonial be colonial settlement. Yeah. All right. So that would be the British. Uh, in 1580s, uh, English sailors make landfall on Tobago. Um, they look around, decide that no one lives there, and leave. I. That's, that's the only thing the English have done that's probably good. But see, that's a really interesting perspective because they left because there were no Europeans. But had there been Europeans, the British would have said, "No, I, I like what you've got here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it." Well, actually, the fact that they recorded no Europeans, and by this they mean the Spanish, is what draws Britain 
towards the island later on because they realize there is an island off the coast of Spanish-controlled South America that the Spanish aren't inhabiting. Francis Drake has entered the chat. Free, uh, free real estate. Um, in 1595, they actually mapped the island uh, in Robert Dudley's expedition to map just all the islands of the West Indies, uh, sort of as a massive coastal survey, and they map out Tobago with that. Uh... 1596, we get Sir Walter Riley, uh, his lieutenant, actually sets foot on the island, only to confirm that it is not, in fact, the City of Gold uh, in the en unending quest for El Dorado, and he promptly leaves as well. Oh, do they really not know that El Dorado's in Illinois? They do not. Because there's a whole there's a whole town just called El Dorado. For some yeah. reason, the locals call it El Dorado, though. Yeah, that's because like anything. Good. That's because they uh, that's because they got copyright struck when they called it El Dorito. <laughs> and then the movie El Dorado led to more difficulties with copyright. So yeah. that was the only royalty free use they could yeah. have. Yeah. So yeah. So so it's been about a hundred years. Uh, at this point, no one's really done anything with the islands. And uh, we get to uh, 1608, and we have the first official claim to the islands by, uh, by a European power. This is the first time someone officially claims it. Uh, it is once again the English, and they claim it in the name of James I. Oh, God, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, it's the personal favorite of Aaron's over there. <sighs> Loves the man so much. We got, you know, King Jimmy Boy posters all over his room. Yeah, that, that'll that be Aaron's fan club, the King James fan club. You know you know that TikTok trend where it's like, where they're like holding the funeral service and like, oh, they're, they're in heaven now, but it's really them in hell and they're beating the shit out of someone. That's me with King James. That was a tortured analogy for this, but okay. So you're going to hell purely so you could torture King James. I got, I've got no, some he, beef. He feels like his soul is being beaten alive by King James every time we mention yeah, King no, James. No, Aaron's hell. He's going to go to hell and King James is going to be beating him up. <laughs> I, no, man, I'm, I'm, throwing, I'm throwing some, some fucking ants. It's on site. It is. <laughs> Let's not let's not imply the British monarchs go to hell. It's too soon. <laughs> I can't see. They Do you think Diana let her in? <laughs> Listen. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> not, so the British, um, they renamed the island to Tobago uh, at this point because they're trying to encourage people to get that tobacco. Um, Wacky. Tobacco, no one. Tobago. No one actually goes. <laughs> Understandable. For two key reasons. Number one, Virginia tobacco is far more profitable. Number two, the Spanish are right next door and they do not like this claim. <laughs> they really don't like this claim. <laughs> I mean... Also, I can't imagine why it'd be more profitable in Virginia... 
they would have done the same there, Justin. I know. I know. Yeah, this would have done the same. There's this is it, the it, century. It, it's not it's not like this is going to be volunteer grown tobacco here <laughs> i mean i mean you're just thinking i mean the irish were definitely thrown at it a handful of times yeah uh so yeah uh this ends up being a claim in name oh, only no. and uh the spanish the french and the dutch all lodge rival claims <laughs> i like how the dutch just get involved as if their the, conquest of India wasn't enough. Yeah, okay, the Dutch the Dutch are still a power at this point. They're they're the, they're on the decline, but they're still big enough to throw their weight around and say, "Oh, you have an island; it's ours." They haven't they haven't gone the way of the Portuguese quite yet. <laughs> I also like how this is really indicative of this island because you're starting to see a lot of the conflict back and forth. But just wait till you start seeing some of the other players in this colonial uh, yeah. hodgepodge. Yeah, fun I mean, thing. The Portuguese are the only ones that don't try for it. Wow. For once, the Portuguese were smart. <laughs> no, the Portuguese were always pretty smart. They figured out how to get around Africa. Yeah, uh, which yeah, is more than a lot of Europeans yeah. did at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be fair, and, the, there and, was and, a bit of a the Suez Canal wasn't there yet. Yeah, and uh, credit to the Portuguese for staying away from this one because Tobago is the precise sort of location the Portuguese love to colonize. It's a coastal island next to a massive, lucrative trading landmass. Oh, wait a minute! They love those. Wouldn't they have had a claim if, because as long from like the Treaty of Tor, Tor, uh, Tor, Tordesse. Tortoise, sorry, yeah. Uh, Would it, wouldn't it have been on their side? Possibly. Um, so they would. They're the what? The, so the fact that the Spanish tried to take it means uh, they violated their own treaty. Not necessarily. Spanish. The Spanish just. The, the Spanish. You know, they've not made any move on the island. They just said no. It's not yours, England. That's too close to Spanish land. It's Spanish. <laughs> so for those of you who are confused at home, if you actually go back and watch our episode about the Empire of Brazil, we talk about this treaty and how it impacts colonization of the New World. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's a perfect callback moment. I have to be... I have Honestly, to show. I can't be yeah, mad. It's pretty good. Um... Anyway, the yeah. Spanish don't want the English to have it. Yeah, um, and uh, no, t- Tobago is not on the Portuguese side of the line. Uh, Tobago is oh, okay. off the coast of Venezuela. If it was off the coast of uh, Suriname or even part of uh, Guyana, or it might, it would have, uh, it would have qualified. Okay. Well, now we know that. Now we know. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm double checking. Thank you, Google Maps. <laughs> so close yet so far. Yeah. Maybe that's why the Portuguese, they're like, ah, we don't need this one. We're and, trying to uh, figure things out with Port- with Brazil. We're good. Yeah, and uh, as a result of all this naysaying, the British do something that British colonizers have almost never done. Succeed? No. They, they, always, they always succeed. In 1614. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Spanish do something they've almost never done. Oh, okay. It's even worse. Yeah, no. (laughs) The Spanish attempt to open peaceful trade relations 
with the uh, natives of the island. Why would... Wow. The Spanish did what? Yeah, I, I thought that wasn't their foreign policy. That isn't. But basically, the Spanish think that they found a market for just their junk. And they can trade with these people. The natives do not agree. And this fails. <laughs> Miserably. It is a rare instance of Spanish colonial diplomacy meaning something other than bullets. <laughs> uh, they, they finally started breaking away from Cortez diplomacy. Oh, hell no. This is 1614. Oh, okay. That's this Cortez diplomacy is going to go right up to the revolution. <laughs> like, this was them going like, hey, what if we tried? Like, this is a very revolutionary idea. Let's see if it works. And then it did work. They're like, see? It seems most likely they just heard a rumor of the French trading for furs in the Hudson Bay and it getting a ton of money for no work. And they said, well, we got this island here. Let's see what happens. Yeah, they, they heard the rumors. The French were like, yeah, we've got them collecting them and bringing them right to us. Like, we just give them these things and they give us the furs. We're making lots of money. And the Spanish were like, well, there's this island. They're the only ones we haven't touched. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if only they kept it that way. Yeah. Finally, in 1625, we have our first colony of the island. Spend uh, <laughs> uh, almost a, um, been close to a century and a half at this point. Uh, it's English privateers. They die horribly. 1626. It's round two. More English privateers. They die horribly. Which just begs the question of, I know news is slow, <laughs> but guys. They were just like, eh, we better send a second one just in case. And so, like, the first one gets there and the other one's, like, halfway there. <laughs> it's, it, it is not even, it's not even that organized. These are privateers. This is, this is literally the English... There's a bunch of English private English citizens on boats in the Caribbean, just independent of each other, decided, I want to live on this island in the name of England. God damn it. Dock at the island and die. <laughs> um, I believe they starve to death or succumb to disease, one or the other. The uh, Classic. The natives do throw rocks at them. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, so, you know, very much not helping. They're like, I, I just imagine like, hey, these people over here, they're kind of dying and starving. Uh, should we help them? And by yeah. help them, I mean throw rocks at them. Let yeah. them eat rocks. Yeah. Uh, I, what if that was like, like, what if that was just like, we're like, oh yeah, let's throw some rocks at them, guys. Like, I just imagine they're like, this will be fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, things get heated. Right, right after this, because 1627, things kick off. 1627, the Dutch finally find find where Tobago is on a map. Oh, God. <laughs> um, And they think it's going to make a great site for, uh, for a colony. Meanwhile, in England, King Charlie I issues a letter patent, which is a... Uh, it's a little piece of paper that says, on behalf of whatever nation uh, you belong to, 
you have the rights, the full rights, to a colonial territory. Charlie One issues a letter patent for Tobago to the Earl of Montgomery. This will technically go nowhere, but it's going to cause a number of diplomatic incidents. <laughs> However, for the time being, the uh, people of Tobago are safe from the English, as for the next nine years, the Dutch are just rolling up with the underdog motto of try and try again. They make at least three attempts, if not more. It is unclear. They just keep coming <laughs> to land on the island. Just um, burn enough people out. It isn't working, huh? Yeah. Uh, all the attempts fail. The first one, the natives kill. Uh, the last one, the Spanish kill. So, friend points for Spain, I guess? Like, see, now will you buy our junk? No. No. Go your way. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh... Where, where are the French here? Mentor on the business. Yeah. It's 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 pretty funny. The uh, the uh, sixteen thirty six colony actually seems to have had a chance. Oh, really? And then the yeah, it, it actually had like the population isn't going into rapid decline from uh, indigenous attacks and uh, you know disease and famine. It begins to fortify itself into a reasonable semblance of a colony. Spain notices this and just sends an armada just to bomb it into oblivion. Has, has Spain not learned their lesson about armadas yet? No, they have not. It works God pretty it. well for them for a while here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they lose one to a storm, but like... Damn naval superpowers. This isn't the, 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 this isn't the French crossing the English Channel here. This isn't this is this is the people who actually know how to use a boat. <laughs> how many subtle shots are we going to take at every European power over the course of this podcast? Depends. As you can let me Dunlun's castle because I can bring the Spanish down with that. <laughs> We're just going to keep going. Let's go for it. Yeah. I mean, isn't there not one we haven't taken sh pop shots at? Like the only one I can think of is Andorra. Corland. We have not assault. We have not assaulted the colonial empire of Corland, which is gonna be. Uh, that's a spicy part of this. I like that one. Yeah. yeah all right. Yep. And it's like some well, fun jumping the around, Latvians, man. Yep. Yep. Unfortunately, so, it's this. Yeah. Sixteen thirty-seven. Uh, we get a twofer here. With the Spanish clearing out uh, the Dutch, we have a simultaneous attempt from a bunch of English Puritans who are living in Barbados to uh, colonize Tobago. Goddamn Puritans. I didn't have the Puritans on my uh, colonial checklist, but okay. Um, the natives drive them back to a place called uh, Providence Island, which is not Tobago. Uh, and essentially just wipe them out. Thank God. Oh, um, they were doing God's work with that one. Si uh, yeah. Simultaneously, uh, please don't get us killed. We live in America. I know where we live. Uh, 
Simultaneously, uh, Corland enters the fray in 1637. So Corland, uh, also called Latvia, uh, at the time it is the Duchy of Corland. What would one day be Latvia? It's the smallest nation to ever become a colonial power. Uh, it was uh, technically a part of Poland-Lithuania uh, in the sort of sense that Poland-Lithuania claimed it as part of its dominion and it got to do whatever the hell it wanted. It's more like an autonomous region. Technically, yeah. Um, cool. Being a part of Poland-Lithuania does bite it in the ass later down the line because uh, Poland and Sweden do not get along during this time period. I mean... And, you know... Understandable. You know, it's you know sort of a I'm mad at you so I'm going to punch your kid brother kind of mentality. If I can't punch you, I will punch your child. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> uh, uh, Corland at the time was one of the major exporters for, from the Baltic Sea. This is one of the major nations from which goods from Europe uh, can go, or, you know, East Europe can go out to the rest of the world. So this is, this is they're a pretty prosperous nation. They, uh, they take Tobago and Gambia for their uh, colonial empire. It's a, uh, not a big one, but they get a hold of some pretty nice, uh, pretty nice trade spots. Um, sixteen thirty-seven, though, they go for the Trinity of losing in their colony. Oh no! They have no food. How they are riddled with sickness, both from the journey and from contact with the indigenous people, and the natives actually managed to attack them and murder anyone who isn't already dead. <laughs> uh, so I mean, they, like... they really they really go all in on their uh, colonial pioneer starter pack here with Tobago. They did a speed run. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then uh, this is uh, this is when things get uh, really uh, uh really spicy because um well Corland really only seems to try when someone else is trying because uh 1639 Corland tries again and they come under a flag of truce and they actually manage to land and have a peace treaty with the indigenous people oh unfortunately they still forgot disease exists, and they all die. <laughs> oh, wah, wah, wah. They forgot. They all forgot their inoculations and just keel over. Get vaccinated, kids. <laughs> yep. Uh, at the same time, this is happening. The Earl of Warwick, having not learned from anyone, buys the uh, the lovely little letters patent from. The Earl of Montgomery, and proceeds to attempt to conquer the indigenous people of Tobago. This Tried? does That's not clearly work go well. So well. <laughs> um, yeah, they are uh, they're killed. The mm. the Earl of Warwick's people are killed. Uh, 
but never fear. Um, because 1642 <laughs> comes round again, and it's the Earl of Warwick and Corland uh, both going for it at the same time. Uh, expedition for the Earl of Warwick, uh, 1642, goes marginally better. This time, instead of being absolutely murdered, they're only partially killed and managed to get back on the boat and run away. <laughs> oh, perfect. So they made it to the boat this time. Still further than uh, Captain James Cook. Yeah. Uh, Warwick sells the letters patent to the Duke of Portland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at this point, is an English ally. Um, this is where the letters patent starts to cause problems because you have an English letters patent in a Corlandian Duke. Uh, this is going to confuse the hell out of the land rights for the next several times this comes up. <laughs> Corland shows up and, you know, uh, the colonists, apparently recognizing the uh, mark of the English letter patent just in the atmosphere of the people who show up, proceed to immediately start killing the colonists. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And Corland, once again, is driven back to the sea. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, Why is it always the British? Every time, it's always the British. If it's not the British, it's the Spanish. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so 1650 rolls around, and the Corlandiers, who have been getting murders, are still there, and they've been holding on. This is they 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 hold on, um, as they are being steadily murdered people, uh, but sickness sixteen fifty strikes, and that's the undoing. Uh, the indigenous attack while the uh, while the Corlandians are sick. And, um, well, at that point, the, there aren't just enough, there, the Corlandians survive, but there's not enough of them to sustain the colony, so they have to leave. Uh, which really sucks, because that's the first time anything started to take root here. Um, and it was, it was, it was, the, it was Corland, it was the underdog, and it was, it's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> To think about that, that that of all these people, they're the ones that actually make it work for the most part. <laughs> it's uh, see, it tells you their form of colonization is a better form than the normal hostile. No. <laughs> they're they're still idiots. Yeah, they're it's almost like idiots. colonization comes with a lot more problems than people. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, give it credit for. for. Uh, however, 1650s uh, are a magical decade here. Um, they're the uh, they're they're just absolutely insane. Um, the Dutch and Corland um, both go for it. Yeah. Um, just this one tiny all of this over for one tiny island. It's literally all Corland has. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, and, but like and, all this. Yeah, wh wh whoever. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, it's just it's it, it, it it's absurd what they fight over. Um, so fun fact, um, everyone gets pissed about this during the 1650s. Uh, the natives attack the colonies. That. The British attack the colonies. The French attack the colonies. <laughs> the French just decided to show up. <laughs> yeah. Well, the if, French, if they are going the, to the French arrive for the first time on the scene here, um, just to hurt, just to murder the colonies. Uh, and the Jamaicans, the Jamaicans actually take out a colony. Really? Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of privateers read uh, interwar pirates uh, in Jamaica who realize that they don't have a letter of mark from these people, which means they're free. T- means they're free money. <laughs> And, um, yeah, the, uh, privateers destroy a bunch of the colonies. Uh, however, uh, 54, uh, sees Corland, uh, make the first, uh, successful, uh, like actually successful attempt to colonize Tobago. Um, for the first time, the colonists send actual soldiers. They didn't with do this them. before? No, it is. Uh, most of these colonies are literally just groups of families who are given crops. It's it's literally just farmers and homesteaders. Oh my god! That are just literally being sent to die against you know a island population that has actual warriors. Jeez, uh, it's they, yep. they really like to strategize here. They really like to. Uh... Not once do they think, you know what, we should have some armed men protecting this place. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 120 soldiers go with. In addition, in order to prevent all the, uh, other powers from raiding the, uh, the colony, Corland recruits settlers from England and settlers from the Netherlands, which, uh, the Netherlands at this time is very close with, uh, with both the English and the French. So neither of those two major powers are going to really want to attack it. And Spain's not going to want to attack this colony because, well, you just killed citizens of England and France at the same time. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's you know, start a three-way war. Why not? I would say that'd be the only, I feel like that'd be the first time the English or the French would have ever agreed on something mm-hmm. yeah and uh basically it's they go for a multi-ethnic approach they send their own people too and um they make an active effort to share the island with the native people so that the native people don't kill them who would have thought who would have thought peaceful coexistence and for four glorious years, it works. <laughs> wow. Because we get to 1658, and this colony's population goes up to 25,000 people. 5,000 of which are Corlandians. And 13,000 of which were not here willingly. Uh, oh, yeah, that's expected. It's the lovely uh, S word, uh... About little over one in two people uh, on this island um, are um, 
unrelabor well, material. Yeah, yeah not um, quite the the volunteer force that we talked about earlier, but uh, oof. Yeah. Uh, but uh. Then sixteen fifty eight happens, and uh, the Dutch seize Fort Jacobus, which effectively ends Corland's ability to run the colony on Tobago. The Dutch are able to do this because, uh, as some of you might recall, Corland is technically a part of Poland-Lithuania, and Poland, being at war with Sweden and losing. Corland at this time is actually conquered by Sweden. They come back, but uh, they are conquered by Sweden. And uh, since there is no longer a Corland, the Dutch just sort of decide that, yes, this is ours now. <laughs> this is ours now. Hey, while well, they're gone, let's hurry up and sneak in here. Yeah, the Dutch managed to convince the garrison of Corland, which was also Dutch, to revolt. Wow. Crazy and declare for talking. and declare for patriotism. <laughs> hey, man, where have I heard that one before? Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, it goes uh, quite lovely. Um, it goes, um, and, uh, this, uh, this doesn't this doesn't go well for the uh for the dutch because by 65 uh tobago's not a colony it's a pirate den oh, <laughs> oh we love to see it so, pirates immediately <laughs> just this spirals out of control <laughs> captain jack sparrow moved in after the latvians left yeah yeah <laughs> and this leads to just this leads to just a four-way war between the pirates, the Dutch, the English, and the French. Because the pirates force the Dutch out, the English force the pirates out, and then the French force the English out because we're not having the English hold this island. <laughs> God, this is almost like uh, like our podcast episode where we talked about the Great Leap Forward. China yep. eradicated one pest, and another one popped up, and then another one. It's yep. like you squash the English, then the French pop up. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so uh, 1667, the Treaty of Breda between the Dutch and the English and the French gives the island back to the Dutch. But wait, there's more. 1670, the British, <laughs> working with the native peoples, apparently or at the very least happening to attack at the same time, remove the Dutch from the island. I just uh, imagine, like, the British guy just show up to the island and, like, the days are attacking, they're like, ah, yeah, already this, started without us. This they really removed. seems like that, mo that moment when you show up late to a party and there's already things happening and you basically just show up and go, yeah, okay, I'll join in the fight, or like... <laughs> like, what if the British were there just, like, to reinforce the colony, and then they were like, oh, it's already under attack. Nah, they, they were there Real to estate. destroy it. They they felt it was theirs after clearing out the pirates. <laughs> hey, we got uh, rid of that pest. Now and, this is ours. Yeah, no, and no, no, uh, just now that... <laughs> it's just so bad. And once the Dutch are uh, 
removed from life, um, the third Anglo-Dutch war breaks out in 1672. And um, Sir Tobias Bridges um, destroys the Dutch colony of Tobago like he appears to have burned it to the ground. Jesus Christ. Um, 1674, the Treaty of Westminster once again returns the island <laughs> to the Dutch. So we've got about several, we've got about a decade here of just the English burning the island to the ground and then giving it to the Dutch only to burn it to the ground again. Yeah, I like how it keeps going back to the Dutch with all these treaties and agreements. It's like, yeah, it's actually the Dutch's. And then the English are like, hmm, but wait. Yeah. Yeah. 1676, uh, the French decide that uh, the English shouldn't be having all the fun. They invade, destroy the colony, uh, and the French claim the island of Tobago. But they do not attempt to colonize it. Instead, they just circle it with their ships and dare people to come in. We don't, we don't want it. But the English want it, so no, therefore we don't want them to have it. You, you yeah. know, no, respect no. on the French there. They're like, you know, we're, we're done colonizing. Yeah. We're going to be a protectorate now. Yeah. We just don't yeah. want the English to have it. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they, they just continue to circle it. Fun fact, at this point, Corland is back, baby. Oh, no. Yeah, baby, uh, yeah. They're their own... They're their own thing again, uh, David Pumpkin style. <laughs> I will die for that date of meme, but I don't care. David uh, Pumpkin. You hate him, I know. I'm uh, not upset, I'm just disappointed. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Exactly the sort of thing you would do. Uh, <laughs> so so Corlin. Yeah, Corlin's back. And they're going to claim Tobago as theirs because keep in mind, the Duke of Corland still has this letter from uh, James I that he bought that says he owns Corland. Uh, this is that Corland owns Tobago. Um, they make he the Duke of Corland makes the claim that Charles II had granted Corland all rights to Tobago when the uh, Earl had sold. Tobago to Corland. Uh, the English say, well, we've made other treaties regarding that island, therefore your treaty is null void. It is just null and void. It just doesn't exist anymore for us. Uh, which is uh, pretty big FU to Corland, and uh, Corland uh, never manages to set foot on the island again. Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how yep. it plays out. However, in uh, 1730, uh, it, these papers do manage to cause a diplomatic incident. <laughs> of course they do. Uh, because in, 17, in the 1730s, Corland enters into negotiations with Sweden to sell Tobago. To this, Sweden. To Sweden. Yeah. The people that had conquered Corland in the last war. It, these people really just don't care who they're fighting as long as they're fighting somebody. This is European politics in a nutshell, and it just drives me nuts because it's like there's no one defined like 
battle or group. It's basically just this like pissing match against like eight people. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, like this for them at this point, war is is normal, but it's not personal. Unless it's the British and the French, then it's personal. Yep. Fun fact: um, the Portuguese get involved for their one and only time being involved in anything to do with this island. Uh, in that the Portuguese declare for the you know for for this sale. They declare that they will back this sale. They will back Sweden's claim if Sweden buys from Corland. Oh, wow. Sweden never does because England goes to, goes to Sweden and they say, listen, Corland has no claim on Tobago. We wrote that paper and we refuse to recognize it. Which pisses so many people off because <laughs> now the sale falls through oh no and sweden you know doesn't get you know corland doesn't get any money sweden doesn't get to have a legit claim to the uh to the island which is what they were looking for and uh portugal just po publicly declared for what england claims is a piece of fraudulent paper no one is happy, except maybe the English. So no one is happy because they're English. Yeah, yeah. The English could yeah. be like get the greatest news and just go, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, uh, Sweden. Let's go, done. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sweden says screw it at this point, and goes for goes to just make their claim via squatters rights uh for Tobago. And how most uh, of these claims go. Fun fact, uh Nordic ice people do not win against tropical native americans. <laughs> oh, it's a bit warmer, don't you guys think? And the yeah. indigenous people drive out the uh, drive out the Swedes. Yeah, as someone who has a lot of Northern European heritage, I I will say the tropics are my worst enemy. Like anything over about sixty degrees, I start sweating. I can't imagine going from like Sweden to the middle of the Caribbean. Yeah. Tell me about it, dude. I sweat. I sweat. Like <laughs> it's like sixty degrees out. It's like. Perfect. Like Canada and Leif Erikson, that makes sense. That's a natural progression. Yeah. Um, and apparently having remembered the last time they crossed the Atlantic, uh, the Swedes give up after this. <laughs> oh, okay. Good idea. Good idea. This is this is this is their one attempt at it and it doesn't go well. There's like, eh, we'll just take the rest of the Baltics. Yeah, yeah. we'll just start making furniture. Yeah, it is uh And Swedish beatbox. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna issue a prize for science. <laughs> oh yeah, that's Two right. Dead. Uh, forget, oh. forget everything else that the Swedish probably did. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's gonna see a lot of these uh, smaller nations sort of fall through here now, or the less colonial, ambitious ones. Uh, it's a really nice way yeah. to say colonizers, the colonially ambitious. 
Yeah. Well, to be fair, they're all colonized in here, but some of them are more ambitious than others. I mean, if your own if your only colonial empire is is Gambia and Tobago, you're not really doing much as a colonizer. You're still a colonizer, but you know, you. Yeah, go big or go home, guys. In the back rooms he, of the he's club. He's not quite the same kind of colonizer that you're the, you're, we you're are. The, you're, the col you're the colonizer that all the other colonizers look down on <laughs> for being too small. Uh, we get to watch, uh, for the next century plus, the French and the British fight to the death over this island. Mm, that's pretty usual. Again, I feel uh, like I've heard this story before get to a couple of times. Have some fun with it. So uh, the story begins uh, anew in 1748. Uh, the uh, French colony of Martinique decides that they're going to build a fortress on Tobago and reinforce that claim for the French government where all the boats just keep circling the island and do nothing. This is actually resolved by diplomacy. Between the French and the English? Yes, the... English say that uh, uh, say that we are deeply unhappy with this fortification of Tobago. It's not really your island. You've never built on it before. And now this colonial governor is trying to expand his own colony, which you're not allowed to do as a colonial governor. Only the central governing colonial power can expand it, the colonies. You, the runner of this colony cannot so france agrees to leave debago and destroy the forts by claiming that martinique is overstepping its bounds as a colonial settlement by trying to claim more territory this is the most peaceful interaction between the french and the english for the pat within the last 800 years it gets worse in addition the french and english governments shake hands and agree that Tobago will now be a neutral territory for both nations. Peace for all. I am speechless. Wow. I... Let's see how long this lasts. Eight years later. <laughs> of honestly, course. Honestly, longer than I expected. Yeah, that's the, true. The Seven Years' War breaks out, and Britain just decides that the best policy is to wipe the French out of the Caribbean. Not so just out of the Caribbean, anything, just in total. anything with a French claim on it in this in 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 this ocean is gobbled up by the British, including Tobago. Oh well, that was here's I mean, where did. here's where things get weird. Treaty of, Par Treaty of Paris, 1763, end of the war. All the islands England took from France go back to France. With one specific written exception. Tobago. And for the life of me, I have not figured out why. I was going to ask, have, is there a reason why? The, the best things about Tobago are it has natural ports for your ships, and it's very close to the Spanish mainland, which is great if you want to dominate shipping in that area, or at the very least pose a threat to it. 
And then also, if all the other islands were returned to France, you already have a launching point to attack both the French and the Spanish. The downside is, with the exception of uh, Trinidad, uh, Tobago is fairly isolated. Uh, Trinidad is under British control, uh, I believe, at this time. So they may have just wanted the set. Oh, okay. Were they going to build houses or hotels on there so that way next time the French or Spanish landed there, they could charge them rent? It's like build. It's like building <laughs> hotels on the Brown property, man. It's, <laughs> it's right there. It looks cheap, but it's hell and a half to get. God damn. Jeez. Uh, and in 1763, Tobago officially becomes a British colony. Yay. This took um, how long? <laughs> this doesn't lead to habitation. Instead, what happens is in 1768, British people who are not on the islands take a map of the island and begin to sell land shares of it to just random people. Is this like the world's first timeshare? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> everyone's got their hand in the cookie jar. Everyone's trying to make money. It, it 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 keeps yeah. Um, anyway, they they divvy it up, and the British government starts selling you know the rights to land to go live on the island and you know do whatever you want with it. Uh, seventeen seventy. Uh, Tobago goes. Uh, t Tobago uh, begins to export. Uh, Tobago exports sugar. Uh, this is a bad idea. Not only is sugar uh, a plantation crop, which in itself is very bad for human reasons at this time, tobacco is not the place you want to grow sugar. Not ever, not ever, not ever, not ever. For one very important ecological factor. Birds? There is an ant. Oh, no. That lives on the island of Tobago. That thrives on sugarcane. <laughs> and throughout the 1770s, the colony struggles to produce anything. <laughs> it is not helped by the fact that in addition to the ants destroying all the crops, all the Africans that have been imported to grow them get fed up with the pointless labor and rebel more often than not. <laughs> good for them. Honestly, yeah, good for them. Fuck oppression. Fuck slavery. That's Most are killed. Oh, oh, oh. oh, oh. You tried. They die horribly. The revolts are never oh. successful. They are all put down. But, yeah, between the ants and the massive civil unrest, <laughs> the colony is doing rather poorly. Now, one plus side for this colony, uh, well, the plus side for this colony is, unlike all the ones that came before, it isn't starving, it's not disease-ridden, and the indigenous people, unfortunately, at this point in time, are no longer able to effectively resist. The, uh, the great legacy of the Isle of Despair is coming to an end. 
Damn. Uh, with this uh, with this division as a British colony, the Seven Years' War is really kind of the end of it for them. God, they really like you gotta at a certain point you've gotta honestly commend the effort that a lot of these European nations put in, both for the acquisition and upkeep of this island, but just the repeated attempts. I mean, this was like a consistent thing. It wasn't just a one and done. It wasn't one person failed or multiple people failed. They just were like, all right, he failed. My turn. Oh, mm-hmm. My turn. I'm next. Yeah. For an island in the middle of the Pacific that was only really good for Atlantic. a port. Atlantic. Right? Yeah, Atlantic. Atlantic. That's uh, only really good for a port. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a it's a uh, plantation uh what is the word ecology it's 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 viable for that too so it's it's worth money to these people um that's about I the only they lost more money than they ended up gaining from it true but let's not underestimate greed especially here true come to america America. But, America. Don't, but don't worry, uh, not all hope is lost because the Isle of Despair's legacy does get a few last kicks in here, uh, even without the uh, native islanders there to keep it going. Okay. Because 1781. <laughs> Welcome to America, everybody. The Revolutionary War is underway, and the French have arrived. About the French, the time. The French march on the island of Tobago and seize it. Hold on, wait a minute. That's not America. <laughs> Hold so, on, I think they got a little lost, guys. No, no, no. As, this was as, big brain on yeah. America or on French's part on France's part because they're like Britain's occupied fighting the war in America, which we're financing. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, we're gonna take their property. In, in addition, uh, the American Revolution forced a number of ships uh, away from British colonies in the Caribbean to fight in the uh, in the Revolutionary War and to supply the British army there. It, the it French, was... by attacking these colonies, uh, were effectively forcing the British to choose what they had to defend. They were drawing ships away from Charleston, away from other important... Uh, ports away from Boston, New York, all these places where the British were effectively l- laying siege to by just docking their ships in the port and daring the Americans to come in after them. This is honestly, though, it, one of the most under, I think, underappreciated aspects of the American Revolutionary War, though, was French participation because we learn in American history classes that France supported America in the war effort, but they don't go to what extremes and to open separate battles, separate fronts or to attack other British assets while they are trying to fight versus America. Like there would be no revolution without that level of support. Cause like you said, they mm-hmm. were pulling ships in from those areas and then Britain had to make the decision, like, how do we allocate our resources the best? Yeah. We also overlooked the fact that the Spanish was also helping. I mean, like, the we had a huge import from cattle of cattle coming from um, what is now, uh, well, part of the U.S. now, 
Um, what was for, what was for, what was formerly Spanish colonial claims, formerly Mexico, <laughs> now America? <laughs> yeah, so a lot of nations actually ended up helping. Can um, we do a podcast on that? Right, Republic of Texas. Check it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. There we go. More shameless plugs. We've, we're covering all these. Topics. It's our content, so it's fine. <laughs> we we all look. We we go over all these different things in our various uh, various podcasts. As, they all tie together, people. Yeah, I was say it's almost as if history is all interconnected and is never formed in a single vacuum. Or you know, it's a cyclical cycle where everything just repeats itself over and over and over again. You just get minor variations in the simulation. Listen, listen. We can go into the Matrix and the Greek concept of time with you later, Justin. <laughs> okay. If you guys want to see that as a podco- podcast episode, be sure to leave a comment down below. Yeah, I already did my time with the calendars episode. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anywho, the Treaty of Versailles cedes Tobago to the French. So now Tobago is a French colony. Um. And they proceed to force all the English out. So there, the uh, issue with this is that the French seem to forget that if you're going to colonize a place, you need to bring people. And the French, the, the French don't come to replace the English who leave. I like France's colonization colonization style. Like we're just going to take it. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to take yep. it. They yep. were probably a bit distracted at the time, given this time period. Shh, shh, shh. We don't talk at, about that yet. <laughs> so after nine years of just steady decline under French rule as people, as the colony just bleeds population, 1790 rolls around, and the French garrison on Tobago mutinies and destroys the city of Scarborough. Now, France is also going through some revolutions at this point, so everyone is mutinying, or mutinying against the mutiny to mutiny. So I'm going to mutiny against that. Yeah. Things are pretty bad, but um, the, the French garrison of a French colony destroys a French town in 1790. That, that is what is happening on Tobago. It makes about as much sense when you say it out loud as it did in real life. <laughs> it hurt its love and confusion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it lowered its own HP. Yeah, yeah. none at all. Yeah, it's, it's Pokemon logic here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 1793, the British seize Tobago from the French because Napoleonic War is going on. <laughs> we love the Napoleonic Wars. Yep. 1802. Treaty of Amiens returns Tobago to the French in in exchange for the secession of the Napoleonic Wars. We're just going to reset everything to pre-war state. Uh. Right. I'll be good. Don't worry. 1803. Britain invades Tobago. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) Now, the reason this keeps happening where someone goes to war, seizes a colony then gives it back in peacetime and then immediately takes it again is because a lot of treaties stipulate that for peace, we are going to reset the boundaries to before the war. This was a, this was designed so that no nation of Europe would feel that it had been unfairly treated and then spend the next 20 years 
holding a grudge and building up its own military and secret to unleash some sort of genocidal reign upon the 20th century. I wish that would have held yeah. up. Um, God, I, you know, little, <laughs> little on the nose there, eh, bud? Uh, yeah. The, uh, and so what would happen is you would make peace, you would reset the borders, and then whichever of you was actually the victor would effectively get one or two free shots in to take what you really wanted as long as it wasn't a major territory. Not to mention, it was also just straight up a bargaining chip. You would take the colony and say, okay, you know, you return this piece of land of mine, and I'll return this colony of yours. It's an even trade. Yeah, if you ever get into trouble with France in the future, you can always offer them Tobago as a, as a peace offering. <laughs> but yeah, it is a... Chip. It, it's uh, pretty uh, pretty sideways. 1814, Napoleonic Wars are finally over. France officially cedes Tobago to Britain. What the this, fuck? My friends, is the end of our story. For you see, children, <laughs> no one else tries for the island at this point. Spain is not the great colonial master it once was. Britain and France have beat the shit out of each other for, I don't know, 25 years at this point. In this specific instance. Yeah, no one, yeah the, there, there's no lucrative, massive silver shipping lanes to just park your guns and boats right off the coast of. It's just another spit of land. And given the fact that America, that the American Revolution has occurred, other revolutions are starting to brew. Colonial empires are kind of out of fashion. And so nothing happens. With, nothing really happens to change the balance of power on Tobago until 1879. where Tobago loses its right to have a legislature. England decides that they want to govern this colony directly without any of those pesky little colonial legislatures like the ones that declared, you know, liberty or death over in the 13 colonies. Um... So it should be ruled directly by the crown without any elected officials. This, while deeply unpopular, does not cause any real, shall we say, waves mm. for the island. 1889. Tobago is merged with Trinidad as a joint colony, forging the foundation for what will become the nation of Trinidad and Tobago. Got some nice forward progress. 1899, Tobago becomes a ward of the joint unit Trinidad in Tobago. Uh, a ward um, is what happens when you are a millionaire in Gotham and you adopt a small child whose parents were killed in a circus accident. <laughs> Uh, no, it is a bad joke. Bad, bad joke. This is a Marvel. Oh, no. <laughs> Just take a really hard line stance. Marvel only. 
You wear you wearing the mouse ears? No, no. We're not bought by them yet. Yeah, Disney does not own our IP yet, but they might. But it owns it owns uh, it owns Marvels <laughs> and Foxes uh, and Pixar. Oh, no. Kim Fox, whatever shall she do? Oh. On that note, anyway, speaking... <laughs> should we go back to the to the normal stuff? Yeah. The last oh, yeah, so they're no longer a ward. Yeah, um, so, oh, no, they be, they become a ward, which is just a it's just a subdivision within a colony. It's it's just an administrative district. It's it's how it's how it's how Britain decides delegates. how things govern how things are governed. It's how how it breaks down, you know. Like the US, you know, federal, state, county, you know, town. It's oh, kind of yeah. like that. It's you know, it's you know England colony ward district that kind of deal and at what point you get ward of the state with the little orphans and everything and we're back there again yeah. <laughs> you were so mad and yet you were so mad that you couldn't leave it you couldn't leave it all right 1925 uh is the first major constitutional reform for tobago in that it now allows some of the appointed officials to be elected ones. Uh, there are now seven members of the government that can be elected. Now introducing uh, democracy. Yeah. It's uh, pretty uh, interesting. Uh, 1945, they are uh, universal suffrage is granted to Trinidad and Tobago. 1962, they gain their independence. And in 76... They become a republic of the British Commonwealth of Nations. And I make that sound really nice and smooth and peaceful. It was not. There were rebellions. There were deaths. There were a lot of very angry people forcing these things to happen. Uh, the, you know, these last few things from 25 to 76 here. Um, let's just say it's not given willingly. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, but unfortunately, as the Isle of Despair, this is somewhat beyond that point in history, so we didn't really uh, go into it uh, all that much or record a lot of detail for the notes for this because, quite frankly, we're not talking about Trinidad and Tobago, the modern state. We're talking about, oh, dear God, how many people are going to try to land here? You know, we tend to have a uh, a running theme on this podcast of being very cyclical. And this is one of the times that is another failed colony attempt. Although, unlike the Darien scheme, it's not Scotland. And this time, it lasts for more than a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, the Darien scheme was a very fun podcast uh, about a failed colony. And this one is just history's greatest failed colony because... No, everyone, everyone tried and everyone died trying to land on the Tobago shore side. Even though the English are the ones who finally gained control, did they really win? No, absolutely not. They didn't win. Nobody won. Literally nobody won. <laughs> Technically, the English did win by virtue of last man standing. This is like a pure and, victory in terms of colonization. Well, well, look on the bright side uh, uh, for for this, Aaron. 
because England won, they now have to deal with all those issues of repatriation and uh, remedies and apologies for all the things that everyone did to this island. And, you know, as history has gone on to show, the British are very open and very accepting of the idea of repatriation. What timeline yeah. are you from? Finder, yeah, the, Brit the British Museum. <laughs> Finders keepers, we're still looking at it. Finders keepers, uh, too bad. Yeah. What's what's mine is mine, and what's yours is mine. Until and then we're going to set up some very arbitrary. Wait, did you just rules. quote Jesse from Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I swear that line comes up several times way back in like, the OG Indigo League version uh, of the show. And, I and on that, that beautiful bombshell. bombshell, we are going to wrap up today's episode. If you guys enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to leave a like down below and be sure to subscribe so that way you don't miss out on any future episodes. Coming up uh, very up here shortly, we are about to release a um, what? quite a few reads. We've got one coming up in the pipeline, right, Colm? Uh, yes, we do have a number of number of shows coming up so the reads for this uh these coming weeks here are none other than the man eaters of savo uh a lovely little diary entry about a british man hunting lions in africa because well they're getting in the way of british colonial projects we do have a accompanying explains to go with that to talk about yes. the project and the lions um, they are on display at the Field Museum in our very own Chicago, so we're very happy about this uh, this coming set. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, for Halloween, uh, we have uh, we have traveled. Uh, we've sent uh, we have sent me all the way down to uh, Historical Humans uh, Outpost Thirty One to uh, to meet with our historical human scientists uh, and do a reading from Who Goes There. Uh, a 20th century little novella that is responsible for John Carpenter's The Thing. I'm still amazed that you managed to get there and back so quickly. It's a wonderful place. Um, it's a wonderful place. I have not been replaced by anyone. <laughs> I see you alone for about five to ten minutes. <laughs> and then um, after that, to wrap up the month of October, the last podcast we're going to be doing is going to be All Hallows Eve or Sondheim. Samhain. And uh, we'll, let's get we'll, spooky, y'all. Yeah, we'll keep keep your eyes peeled for that. But thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you in the next episode.